education stems from the desire to learn. With that, you don't need schools. Without it, all the schools in the universe are useless. Gene Brewer. He's kind of crazy. She's a little insane. Keeping energy really messes with his brain. One is divorced. The other's husband is dead. That's why it's so messed up in the head. It's a Silver Linings Playcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Silver Linings Playcast. I'm your host, Jamie Ward. And as far as I know, uh, this is the only podcast solely devoted to talking about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and thus Silver Linings Playbook, the book. What a special week to tune in. Not only is there an episode, yes, this is an episode of it. It's also a very special episode. This is episode 100. That's right, we have made it to episode 100 of our podcast. Not only that, not only that, it is part 67 of our special 100-parter episode. So that's right, we have been around for well over 100 weeks because we are on part 67 of our special 100-parter 100th episode. So that's 67 weeks past the 99 weeks that we got to get to episode 100 because we did two episodes one week. So we'll always be at least one episode lower than the amount of weeks that we have. No, one episode higher than the amount of weeks that we have been recording. I actually think it might be two. Now, we might have done that twice. I don't know. It's sort of sad to think that I've only been ambitious enough to do two podcasts in a week over the course of 165 weeks. But we are not here to judge my commitment to doing a podcast because I think nothing speaks more volumes than the fact that we are on episode 100 right now. So do with that what you will. Not only episode 100, part 67 of our special 100 parter. That's right. We are over two-thirds of the way done of this special 100-parter episode. And I, I, I can tell you, I cannot wait till episode 101. Oh my goodness. But we are almost a little under a year off from that, so let's not get too excited about that. Um, so the, the quote that we opened up with, I have no idea what it means, but it is from author... Jean Brewer, who is the author of uh, the book K-Pax, which a movie was made based on that. And when I was doing my very preliminary research on who Jean Brewer is, was, or will be, um, so we were getting, he is, he is an author. And I thought that that was a great tie-in. One, well, two reasons. Two reasons. One being that we watched the movie K-Pax about two or three nights ago, and also because it is a movie that is based on a book, much like this whole podcast is based on a movie and book that are based on the same story by author Matthew Quick and then directed by David O. Russell. But who is Gene Brewer of K-Pax fame? Or maybe not fame, because did you know Did you know that Gene Brewer wrote it? Eugene Brewer? Born on the 4th of July in 1937 in Muncie, Indiana. He is a novelist 
who was educated at uh, DePau, DePau, DePau University, University of Wisconsin, Madison, is a science fiction writer. I had heard of the movie K-Pax. I had never seen it. Um, and it was a, and so here's, I want to tell you the most interesting thing about this, right? We watched the movie. I know it's a movie. Did not realize until I looked this guy up, based on a series of books, there is actually the, the K-Pax trilogy, right? And not, so not only is it the K-Pax trilogy, but then he goes on to write several more books in the K-Pax world. Um, which is very similar to another science fiction. Which, okay, so also here's, here's the interesting thing. Is it even a science fiction movie? It, it, his, I think just looking at the genre of the book sort of changes the whole context of what the movie is about. So if you, if you have seen the movie... And, and most of y'all, if, if you saw the movie, probably have seen it a while ago because it, it came out a long time ago. Um, and it was, a, it was a 2001 movie. It's probably gotten buried a little bit because uh, it was a um, Kevin Spacey film, uh, but also featured Jeff Bridges, who I always, always am embarrassed that, like, I don't, I know that name and I really know almost nothing about him. Did not realize he was in that, uh, the Big Lebowski. I think, oh, okay, I have, I have seen him. He's the guy from True Grit, the remake, that was based on, uh, also, he, uh, is, oh, I've seen him twice. He was in the second Kingsman movie, The Golden Circle. Wait, I think did we see that one? Yep. It, we saw, yeah, okay, we saw two of them. That's right. He was who was he? Was he the bad guy? He, oh, he was the American guy, right? He was in charge of the yeah. of of like the American equivalent to the uh, British Kingsman. All right, so. Yeah, Yes. Okay. That's that's where we. I had recently seen him. Recently, seen him recently. <laughs> seen him recently. Uh, okay. So he's. I'm always very embarrassed. He's he's a very famous actor. He's a very good actor, uh, I believe. And I just, for some reason, I have not seen the movies that he is. Ooh, you know what though. <laughs> You know what? I think we're going to have to blast from the past because there's a movie that I've always wanted to see and I always forget about it because it is old. It is a 1996 film. Uh, but Katie and I have both independently referenced it. He is in White Squall and I've never yeah! seen White Squall. <laughs> so we're, that is probably... Um, be careful. You might, uh, you might find yourself a year from now on the White Squall cast. I don't know. We'll have to find out though. Because I like movies about... Ships. Uh, I like video games about ships. I like I like ships, big boats. Uh, and you cannot lie. Not at all. <laughs> uh, uh, so yes, we because we have been playing Civilization, which which I think 
I think I brought up briefly, but I actually haven't done a full episode since we like got into it. Into it, we've talked several times about doing an episode where we are playing and doing it, and we just haven't gotten there yet because we have been lost in civilization itself. And I always I like to build a lot of boats because I want to build a fleet of pirates because we were watching Black Sails, and I'm a big fan of Treasure Island, the original uh, movie and book and story, and comic book, and restaurant, but this game civilization is so involved that it takes sort of basically our full concentration, except I'll tell you, last night, last night we probably had our most multitasking time we ever had, where we were both playing civilization, watching King of the Hill, and yeah, at the same, at the same time, so that was pretty impressive. Also, uh, I, I always consider myself a huge King of the Hill fan, loved it. I have not seen it in so long, and I, so I was, had forgotten a lot of the actual lines or plot lines and stuff, and it's funny, because I think they're, uh, Hulu is working on a reboot of it right now, and while I think when this first came out, and it's a much-beloved show, and people think of it as like, oh, it was a great show it had like a it, it was a very heartfelt show it has a lot of plots that have a lot of uh uh sweet moments in what is a sitcom um it's it's sort of very funny it has some good life lessons in it and it has characters that that learn and grow and but here's the funny thing i think people don't remember it either because when, if it gets rebooted and it is anything like the original it is going to be unnecessarily controversial for what it was, because there were so many lines that I was taking from a 1997 to uh, 2010 show, I believe that's when it ran. Uh, it might have been 1999 to 2013, but uh, anyway, you get the you get the time frame. It's a, it's a show that hasn't been on the air for 10 years old, for 10 years now, and one there is nothing wrong with it, but I can only suspect that if they remake it now, people are going to be super upset. And why is that? Because I think it is a very sort of balanced, middle-of-the-road show. It is, it's like an, it's, it's South Park, but not edgy, right? So, so South Park has always jumped right into political and social issues and sort of taken the most too extreme positions you can on it to a ludicrous amount and then at the end of the episode each one of them they sort of come back to the middle and are like ah but what do we know this is ridiculous where these old king of the hill episodes and i think we watched about three or four of them uh sort of do a similar thing but they they don't stray too far from the middle they don't have like these harsh opinions or something they just have these funny little lines that they drop about issues, and I think that's actually what makes it beautiful. It sort of has the gentle nuance to explore what would an actual family deal with going through these issues or something in a slightly exaggerated, but maybe not all exaggerated, world. Here's where I think it's, it's gonna totally misfire as a remake. Right? Um, so we're watching the early 
thing. And the, the thing I'm most sort of noticing is that, that the character Hank seems to be a very sort of, uh, he's, he's like a, he seems very moderate with, with like slightly right leanings just from having been a product of growing up in Texas and having uh, a mean veteran dad, right? There is a character, and unfortunately, the voice actor uh, of this character just passed away, which is very sad. Also, I didn't even realize he was one of the writers, too, because he was credited as the writer for one of the episodes we watched. But um, the, the character of Dale sort of represents sort of this caricaturized version of, of the paranoid, um, sort of over-the-top untrusting of the government and everything being a conspiracy person, right? So that voice of the show is sort of given, uh, it's, it's acknowledged through that character, and he's supposed to sort of add this funny acknowledgement that, oh, there's, there is this whole world, but they are making fun of it too. And the scary thing is that in 2023, <laughs> that's, it's not even a caricature, it's just now like a, a third of the population. Reality. And I think, I think because it's set in Texas, people have, will have forgotten when they, they see it, they're like, oh, Hank is far more moderate than, like, in, in fact, most of the times at the end of the lesson, at the end of the episode, he learns a lesson about, like, oh, maybe I should listen more to the thing that I was afraid of. And I don't think that's what people are going to remember when they, they watch this. They're going to be like, he's from Texas, he drives a truck, he should be shooting everybody with his and. So I'm very curious. And, they and, don't accept it as tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very re relevant for today. It's, Anywhere from school, like, situations. I mean, not school shootings, but, like, obviously. We just started back at season one, right? Yeah. Yeah, the very beginning. It was, like, a late 90s show. I think it was 97 or yeah, 99. Yeah, 96 or 97, yeah. yeah. Um, and basically everything, if, if you didn't... See that it was the, 97 because she was the substitute teacher of the year in 1996. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's May funny. All, all I hope is that when they redo it, that um, they recast uh, Hank as a black mermaid, and that will just make everything great for me as a viewer. Um, Blasian. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Is that even acceptable anymore? I don't, things that were accept, if they if they reference that, maybe they could talk about how the things that weren't acceptable. That would actually be probably. I hope they do that. They actually, what you know what? They might not be working on that right now. If it's not written completely, then they can't be writing on it now, and they have to sit and. Oh yeah, I did just see something that, like. That's fine. That. I know they had worked on it a little bit, but that doesn't mean it was complete. Uh, oh yeah, it has been a while. Since I've done an episode, because I know I was going to update on all the reasons why I hadn't been doing an episode, and I always was promising that next week I would have a fantastic episode telling you about what I was doing for the previous weeks, and none of that has ever happened. Well, wow, it has been quite an eight weeks. I don't remember the last time we had a full episode, uh, but I know have had several... Um, 
We filmed a whole new sort of proof of concept short for uh, like a five minute ish proof of concept for the action romance sci fi martial arts film Throwbot, which I'm very excited about. Uh, everybody did a really great job on that, and now if I can ever finish, I, this is nice. Um, waiting on the editing. Just like last year at this time, where I was waiting on the gestures proof of concept. But right now, it's sitting on a hard drive right in front of me as we speak. So there is no one to be upset about the fact that it is not done <laughs> but myself. And that's sort of okay, because maybe I'm just on strike uh, in solidarity with the writers and the actors not doing any work right now, too. I am being slightly facetious. No, I do support the unions, but that is not why it's not done. Uh, the, it, it, is, it is perfectly on track because that is not the 100% priority of what we got going on. We got a lot of stuff going on right now, too. Uh, very excited. We went to Lawrence, Mississippi uh, last, last week or a week ago or two weeks ago. I can't even remember. I have no concept of time right now. And filmed some more interviews for the the documentary that we're working on, uh, working title Mon Frere, right now. I believe we might have talked about that in the past. And if we have not, I'm not going to go into that now. Because one, I would probably just like to have the actual sort of subject that catalyzed the whole idea for doing that documentary on the podcast to explain what it is, too. Because it is genuinely something that is not my story. Uh, I am just trying to help make a documentary about a subject and subjects uh, like any other documentary filmmaker would, in which I am learning about the subjects and stories as I film stuff, but also we do investigations and find out more about both the story and add context and hopefully let the participants and the subjects sort of grow and develop as they are being parts of it as well. So we got a lot of really great footage. I think we filmed over six hours of footage from that. And that is not including, we already had had some too. So we got, we got a lot of, about probably a third of what I'm estimating is needed for sort of one of the storylines and everybody's sort of out working on their own little things making connections and getting little bits of of ideas for how we were going to proceed with that but that is sort of more a long-term project too we had definitely been working on it because we were applying for a specific grant from the state to be because it was um there's definitely ties to the french culture of Louisiana and Acadiana specifically, and there are grants that, that go out to support art projects that sort of talk about those cultures. We didn't get that, but we put in a lot of work trying to get that, but also that would have put us on a time, uh, like a time frame that would have been dictated by the grant board, and because we didn't get it, so there's a good thing and a bad thing. The bad thing being that we didn't get the grant, but the good thing is it, it means that the project is 100% still in our hands to develop as we need and as we feel is appropriate. So it's definitely a thing that I think is shaping up to be extremely, 
beautiful, it can be poignant, and it can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. So it's definitely something I'm not trying to rush. And when I say I'm only, I am talking for myself, there's a lot of people involved uh, in it. So I'm just sort of talking about my attitude and goals going into it, but we definitely, we should bring everybody on to talk about it. Maybe we'll just have a meeting, this podcast or something. So that's one of the things that's going on. Uh, Very excited because uh, one of my former comedy buddies, Matt, has moved out to the state, him and his girlfriend. uh, They settled in Lafayette for a small time, and now I believe they're in Metairie. Um, or, or that area, uh, closer to New Orleans and Matt's away on a business trip right now, but he should be coming back at the end of the week. And he and I have had a lot of talks about getting some stuff off the ground. Uh, and we have sort of been loosely forming a film company called Off Key Films, which again has been, uh, a big collaborative project, um, with, Basically everybody <laughs> involved in uh, Monfair too. We're we're sort of doing this in reverse order. We have the project, we have the work, and now we're creating the film company around it uh, to justify its existence. But one of the projects that I'm excited because we're hopefully gonna just get it out and produced ASAP. Um, loosely based on the comedy documentary that I was shooting maybe a year ago uh, that I was just playing around with shooting uh, interviews at the local open mics and I was going to call it The Scene. We'll say that's a working title too, but we had an excellent opportunity where we've partnered with a theater in Baton Rouge, the Boomerang Comedy Theater, and basically got to film a whole lot of interviews and and comedy show, and a whole bunch of stuff for that. Uh, so um, when Matt Big gets back, hopefully I'm going to get him to edit all that into a TV show and push it out real, real fast. Not saying it's terrible quality, but it's definitely a shorter-term goal that we want to get out. And there's probably two other uh, projects that are on the... Um, what, Horizon? I've been consulting on uh, a movie that's getting made locally, and hopefully that's... Uh, I, I got brought on... For the same reason that I got, got brought into this whole crazy movie, TV writing journey in 2019, uh, brought on as, as basically a script consultant. Hey, you know how to write screenplays you've written a bunch of screenplays yourself can you help us fix this story and get it into a screenplay format guess what yes i can uh pretty easily too i um you know i'm not proud of many things in my life or about myself but i will tell you authoritatively if you have a bunch of ideas and you're willing to entertain uh, the structure that I would suggest, I can help you get it shaped up pretty fast and pretty okay, like five out of ten. But that's what I'm saying. I like dealing in th- one and twos out of ten. So to take a one and two out of ten to five to seven pretty fast 
That's my specialty. By then, I get bored, and I don't really want to take it from a 7 to a 9 or 10, but that's what the whole editing process is for. So that all is stuff going on. I'm sure there's a bunch of other stuff to, that I don't remember. Recording from a new desk. We got a desk and we put it together and we actually put the furniture together pretty smoothly. I think we, boom, boom, boom. Um, we got it and we put it together and I am not just proud of us doing that, but how smoothly we, we did that. I don't really know how to categorize smoothly, but I feel like we did it. Uh, we built our first piece of joint furniture and are still engaged. So I think that is a success in the couple's Ikea playbook. It's not Ikea either, but I just based off of uh, memes and one panel cartoons and stuff, y'all know what I mean, right? Maybe you don't. That's okay. Uh, we put in a new air conditioner, which is... Fantastic, because that was much easier than I was also assuming. Um, my back has been hurting for the last couple days, so I'm sitting down and lying down a lot. Not related. Uh, I know that was a funny time to say that, but the, the amount of time that's happened in between these things, uh, it's really not related. Not sure why. Probably because I've been lifting with my legs a lot, this filming stuff, like when we took it to Lawrence. I'm going to keep probably saying Jackson, Mississippi, in my reference to it. Also been cleaning up around here a lot, and I just, I don't lift things correctly, so that's my fault. That's okay. Um, also, I think it's funny that while this is the most comfortable place for me to sit and record. Yes, I have been experimenting with a lot of different sound recording devices and setups, and I know there's much, much better ones, but because I'm lazy and wanted to get an episode out at all, definitely deferred to the worst quality setup. So apologize for that, but come on, you probably haven't been listening before and you're probably not listening now, so nobody's really going to care that there is some sound in the background, a combination of different uh, mechanical devices running, bands, air conditioners, even lights. You might hear the outside. Why? Because I just have it set up to go, go, go. And sometimes that's what you got to do. You can't wait for perfection when you have these projects. You can, you, you, there, so there was an old planning system uh when i was in officer training uh the one-thirds two-thirds rule and i thought that was always a silly name for it because it is naming it just what it literally is that you spend one-third planning uh, a mission and two-thirds of the time executing well guess what i like to spend even less time plan no that's not true i like spending more time planning but but when the focus is on execution of a mission, uh, I will definitely try to limit myself to one-third the time planning because you need to be able to... It's, so it's actually not execution and planning either. One-third of the time is spent on planning, but then again, there's the, the sub-distribution of planning that the... the uh, anybody that is delegating 
tasks also can only take one third of their allotted time. So you end up taking like one ninth of your time to plan so that you can get the mission statement to your subordinates so that they can take one third of their time to plan and then get it to their subordinates so that everybody has time to plan and execute. So it ends up being like the one ninth, uh, eight ninths plan. Is that true or make sense? Nobody knows. So anyway, I have been working on this worksheet uh, that I got about two-thirds of the way done, and then my alarm went off, reminding me that I needed to get this in. And I'm very excited that I am sitting here recording it all, because that is sort of an improvement over the weeks that this has not gotten done at all. Which brings me back to my original point about Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, oh, a little, let's talk about some, some SLP-related controversy. You know, normally I do not like to get controversial on this podcast. This is a podcast for everybody and yet also for nobody. Um, so the, the big controversy related to SLP related news, Bradley Cooper, Bradley Cooper played Pat Solitano in the film Silver Linings Playbook, which was a portrayal of the character Pat Peoples from the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. So why is Bradley Cooper in the news? It should be just because he is an actor. But uh, the reason that he is in the news this week is because, let's, let's just read the title. This is a direct quote from a title from a Slate article, so I am not saying any of these words all myself. Uh, the Bradley Cooper Jewface controversy isn't really about that nose. This is a Mark Harris article from August 17th from Slate.com. Uh, let's just see the subtitle. There's nothing wrong with the actor's decision to wear a prosthetic to play Leonard Bernstein, nor is it really what's at stake. Uh, maybe we'll just keep reading this because I don't even know fully all these things. Let's see. The first thing to know about the fall movie season's opening, Tempest in a Teapot controversy, is that it's not really about the nose, or more accurately, the nose is Bradley Cooper's real nose, Leonard Bernstein's somewhat more prominent nose, and the prosthetic nose intended to make up the difference between the two. Cooper sports the prosthetic in Maestro, the biographical film about Bernstein that will be unveiled at the Venice Film Festival in September, at the New York Film Festival in October, in theaters and November, and Netflix in December. So what is this? Let's see. It's uh, distracting. Um, apparently uh, nothing problematic. Uh, three of Bernstein's children signed off on it. Um, it is, so, I don't know. Now, I feel like I just skimmed the article a little bit too much, uh, and made it sound like we had, I don't know. So, you know what? I'm going to back out of this whole that Uh, I really was just reading this because, um, Bradley Cooper is a character. Is, no, he's an actor that was a character in Silver Linings Playbook, and this movie is all about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book, so I felt like we had to, we were obligated 
to talk about, uh, you know, issues that come up that are related to the topics that, that this podcast covers. Um, but, oh, you know who we've never talked about? Uh, several. So, oh, my goodness. Wow. I have. Wait. Um. No. Okay. So, there are several characters in this movie that I have never been aware of. I I should know. Um. Uh, so in the movie. Let me let me just tell. Okay, so let me let me let me start over. I'm going over the cast list for Silver Linings Playbook, right? Because I thought I knew pretty much most of everything that was important. I figured, I guess I didn't really think about every single character. Uh, there is a character named Ricky D'Angelo, played by Matthew Russell. Don't even know who that character is. We're going to have to do some investigation and figure that out. There's a character named Regina. Uh, Reg- Regency Boys. Um, I don't know who that character is. There's a character named Jordy, played by Philip Chorba. I don't know who that... Dr. Timbers, I, I loosely know who that character is. Tiffany's mother and Tiffany's father. I don't... They're both played by Jeff Bridges. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't know who these people are. There's a Jeffrey, there's a Fritzy, there's a dance competition announcer. Ricky D'Angelo's mother. Wait, Ricky D'Angelo's friend. Ricky D'Angelo's friend, too. Lawyer at the bar. Fighting Eagles fan. Indian Invasion 1 through 3. Dr. Patel's wife, Jake's fiance, Tanya. Dancer Santos, dancer Aguilera, dancer Makarov. I know the. Uncredited, there's Ramon. Uncredited, there's Dinner Guest. Uncredited, Dance Competition Spectator, Bikini Tailgater. Wait, somebody's in Dance dance Competition Spectator and Bikini Tailgater. That must mean she was at the Eagles game. And the, which which is totally a thing that the extras uh, do. Neighbor, uncredited, football play-by-play announcer, voice. Tourette's patient, neighbor, movie guard. These are all uncredited too. So these these must have been extras that put themselves into uh, IMTB. Um, neighbor, movie goer, spectator, Nikki lookalike, dance competition spectator, recital guest, MILF, bartender, dance competition spectator. Oh, There's a lot of dance competition spectators. Uh, nosy neighbor, eagle tailgater, Dinner guest at dance contest, tailgater, singing Eagles fan. I bet that was somebody who totally like uh, paid for a month of pro and put all their shit yes, there. absolutely. <laughs> they all pulled their money together. It, totally, this is so ridiculous. Zombie guy is probably for the Halloween night. Robert, uncredited. This is people just giving themselves names as extras. Uh, movie theater usher, tailgater, tailgater. Ben Franklin, diner patron, father. Family member, businessman, singing Eagles fan, Halloween pirate, 
painted Eagles fan. Mortgage wo mortgage woman. Mortgage <laughs> spectator. Movie go like literally every extra uh Prendy Mom sleeper dance contest rowdy teenager uh dinner page I'm i I'm skipping some of these too because there is so many um dinner dinner cop oh my goodness. Anyway, uh yeah. So all of that went on. Um, that you know what? Then I'm. I feel like I need to do a little reset. I need to find out about all of these. Let's talk about the extras next week because I definitely want to bring get this back on track and make sure we were talking about Silver Linings Playbook the movie and the Silver Linings Playbook the book. But right now I am uh, so distracted by all these characters that I didn't know. Uh, so anyway, let's, let's call it this week because it's good, good for us for even doing it. Um, thanks for tuning in, uh, tune in next week and every week, as long as we keep doing this for all the latest on Silver Linings Playbook, the movie and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. Uh, thank you all. Seriously. Thanks all for not giving up on this. Thank you to me for not giving up on me. Uh, and until next time, we will see you down the road and Excelsior. In every struggle we face, the silver lining to embrace. Join us as we journey through the ups and downs of Silver Linings Playbook 2. Welcome to the Silver Linings Playcast, where we discover the light in the past. Each episode, we'll share and learn the power of connection and self-return. Yeah.